Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 269 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I am well, and I was just thinking to myself the other day, gosh, I kind of miss doing more than moms. Um, we haven't done any more than mom episodes because, you know, hello, COVID. Yeah. Uh, we did a pandemic perspective series that kind of took that spot, and now it's summer, and you're moving, and life, you know, it's summer life, right? But we still love talking about fluffy topics, and we thought listeners could maybe use a break from some of the heavier stuff in their lives right now. So we're going to talk about makeup. I love this. I am really <laughs> excited about this conversation. You know, longtime listeners will remember the More Than Mom kind of sub-series started just on regular Tuesdays. Like once a month, we'd, we'd just say, let's talk about something that's not parenting related, maybe fashion or pop culture. And then that morphed into, you know, a couple Sundays a month as it's separate things. So we're just, we're just um, you know, evolving. It'll probably evolve we're back to its own Sunday series at some point, but yeah. there's no one who's going to stop us from talking about a fluffy topic like makeup on a Tuesday. You can't stop us. You can't <laughs> stop us even if you try. And the funny thing is, Sarah, I had completely forgotten that. Yeah. Like not only would long-term listeners not, might not remember, but one of the co-hosts of the show <laughs> might not remember. I forgot that had been a Tuesday thing. So yeah, that's really fun. So we're bringing it back on a Tuesday. And I love also that we've talked about hair products and skincare and we've kind of danced around makeup. Like I know we've had a few yeah. conversations in the past where we've touched on mascaras and a couple things like that, but we've never just done a deep dive into like our makeup history and routines and all that. So um, in the first half of the show, we're going to be talking about how we've used makeup through our lives. And in the second half, we're going to dig into more specific products and applications and kind of how it looks now. And yeah. I'm just really excited about that. Me too. So let's start with a few, I don't know, Questions just to kind of set the stage. We're going to go way back in the way back machine. Okay. Um, and I want you to tell me, Sarah, how old you were when you started using makeup and what that was like. Okay. Well, the memory that came to mind, I was very young. I think I, well, I know because I know the house I lived in and I think I was only in first and second grade in that house. So I was seven or eight years old and I was at my neighbor's down the street and we got into her mom's makeup. Um, and I have this memory of being, and, and it was a carpeted bathroom, which I don't, you don't see those very often those were anymore a thing yeah. for a while. So it was a yeah. carpeted bathroom. And I remember digging through stuff in her drawers and her under sink cabinets. And I remember spilling and I'm pretty sure it was makeup we spilled and not, not nail polish or something else. Cause I, th mm. I remember that we, I think we had eyeshadows out and things like that and into the carpet. And so my memory is actually less about, I think we were going to try the makeup on ourselves and play with it, but my memory is more about being so worried that we were going to get in so much trouble. And we were so little, we weren't, we weren't old enough to like know how to clean a carpet or even to cover our tracks right. very well. And so that is my first actual memory. Um, 
And then another like foundational memory haha, is being around 11 and starting to be really into dance and starting to perform more. And I was in a Christmas show, a, a sort of send up of the Nutcracker, like a, like a comedic Nutcracker. And I was in the show with a lot of older teenagers and even young adults and professional dancers. And I remember kind of learning to do stage makeup in a dressing room setting. And I'll revisit this throughout this episode, but that, you know, performing on stage and doing stage makeup for dance was really like intermingled with how I learned to use makeup for everyday use. And so I, I know I was 11 in that, that particular, you know, Christmas or whatever. And so it was just kind of that perfect tween age to be like, okay, I'm going to learn to do this, but it was more in the context of stage makeup. Um, and I wasn't wearing it myself in everyday life yet. So how about you? Well, um, kind of you're, you're talking jogs some memories for me. So I was in a fashion show, um, for my mom, my mom's friend owned a bridal store and I was in a fashion show when I was probably seven or eight. And I think that was the first time I had like a full face of makeup that someone else put on me. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting and like feeling how grown up that felt to have, uh, that like a, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't recognize what you look like and it felt very glamorous and I also forgot to wear my shoes when I came out oh, no. on the runway. So it was just like, I looked at the pictures later and it was like me in like, you know, white tights and oh bare, no shoes. Bare, oh my gosh. No, no shoes. Um, but that was really fun. And I have a sister who's 10 years older. So I know that there was playing happening. Like I know that I must've gotten into her makeup at some point. I just don't really remember it. My first real makeup memory about me owning my own, though, is when Catherine, um, my sister, took me to the store. She took me to Woolworths, which I don't even know if those exist anymore. And she bought me frosty, um, like champagne colored lip gloss, like practically white uh-huh. and the kind that goes on really goopy, uh-huh. you know, and with a little sponge and some clear mascara. And I think I was going into the seventh grade. So okay. I was 11 and my and I like I was very young for yeah. my grade. So like. I didn't know anything about makeup and I already felt like a little kid. So like that was awesome. I remember feeling very grown up. I also remember feeling like there was something not quite right about the frosty white lips with my pasty (laughs) skin and my blonde eyelashes. And remember we've talked about before those binders they used to have with like the color palettes for skin Uh and they would, you'd be like a winter or an autumn. I'm pretty sure the girl who was spring was wearing like a frosty, like really light colored, um, lip gloss. And I remember looking at her and looking in the mirror and thinking like, this just doesn't work for me. Like she had like, her skin was just different than mine. And it looked really cool on her in that kind of seventies way. And it looked awful on me. So, um, but it was very in at the time. And I think my sister was purposely not getting me anything too bright or that was like, you know, she wanted something kind of age appropriate. So that was my, my first. Yeah, I know. I have kind of, fond memories about picking it out and everything else I love it. and using it. And like, you know, the clear mascara doesn't really do anything when no. you have blonde eyelashes. No. So <laughs> I mean, it was basically just like playing. So, well, what about after that? Did you start using makeup regularly after you had that first experience or did you use it at home on weekends? Did you play with it? Like, what was that like for you? And I guess I'll go first on sure. this. Um, I do remember playing with my mom's stash of Avon and Mary Kay cosmetics as I got older. So like probably into seventh grade, eighth grade. And now looking back, I'm like, they were ancient. (laughs) My mom was a saver. She never got rid of anything, (laughs) but she also was a makeup minimalist, a minimalist. So I know she wasn't using any, she might've used it like in the sixties or seventies and then she stopped, but she didn't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So like some things that come to mind, there's, um, Cody brand, C-O-T-Y oh, wow. makes that airspun loose powder. 
And the I don't think the container has ever changed. It's like looked the same since the 30s. Um, it's got like a, it's like the container has little gold flowers all over it. Okay. It I looks can't kind of vintagey. One, but... And so, and it had this smell that I will never forget. And you could still buy it now, but like the puff was completely falling apart. That stuff had to be like at least 10 years old. And she had these old Avon powder eyeliners where you would like dip a little um, brush in water Ooh. and then dip it in the powder and then apply it on your lash line. So it wasn't really like you couldn't use like it face paint. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you wouldn't use it the way like I would use a stick of eyeliner where I'd put it on my uh, what you call that, like line or whatever. Uh-huh. It would kind of go on top of your eyelashes. So that had to have been from like the late 60s or early 70s. Just thinking about the colors, they were totally like like the old Barbie dolls that yeah. had the makeup pre-painted, uh-huh. like they were yes. that color blue. Oh my gosh. And um, and then this would have been the late 80s. So those were very old. And I think about all the bacteria I applied on my face. And, you, and you turned out okay. That's the wonderful <laughs> And I never part. went blind. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's so funny. Um, what about you? Well, so I remember one summer and I'm racking my brain to think if it was the summer of 1990 or 91, but I was pretty young. I, that puts me at 10 or 11 so not even in junior high yet, still fifth, sixth grade. Um, and I remember going to the drugstore and getting a bunch of wet and wild, the frosty blue, oh, like yeah. two tone frosty blue eyeshadow um, and some lipsticks. And I kind of remember aspiring to wear it every day. I think I was reading magazines by then. And like, mm-hmm. I was like really wanting to like, now I am going to be this person who wears makeup. But the funny thing is I just wasn't there yet. And it was summertime. And so I wasn't really, I was with my family on vacation and I was like, yeah, I wear makeup now, but I, I really didn't. And so you really did. I kind of yeah. lost interest in like the practical act of continuing to put on makeup every day, but I remember wanting to. Um, and then just makeup continued in those tween years to just be a regular part of performing. So I had my caboodle, um, which by the way, you can buy the same caboodles. I got them for my girls for Christmas and they look and smell and operate exactly the same which is amazing. But I had my caboodle full of stage makeup. Um, and, you know, even by age 11 or so, I had my stash and I had my and my techniques and I was learning how to use it. So I was always kind of comfortable with makeup, but I, I definitely wasn't wearing it all the time yet at that stage. Um, I just, when you were talking about the icy blue, the two-tone and, uh-huh. you know, with the shadow side by side, it made me think of an ad for probably CoverGirl I'm just, or Maybelline maybe that I saw in a magazine when I was probably 11. And it was like these four super bright colors, like a lime green, a pink. So probably was like 90, Mm -hmm. my guess. Right. It was like lime green, pink, bright blue, and something like yellow, like some color who would ever put this on their eye. (laughs) And then the ad was a girl with her eyes closed and it was like, like color blocks Uh painted on her lids. And I remember thinking it was so amazing. And I aspired to be able to do my makeup like that. I mean, it just makes me laugh. If I thought like frosty lip gloss didn't look good on my pale, you know, skin, that would have looked awful. <laughs> I'm really glad I never actually bought it or, or had the wherewithal to I mean, try it just to do that. Makes but. You, it makes you realize the power that magazine reading yes. and ads had over us because, and, and I don't know that, I mean, now it would just be. Instagram, right? Or YouTube. Yeah, like, I don't I, yeah. think, I mean, you and I both, I'm sure I, I have so many memories to just tied to very specific magazine ads, clothing. I could just tell you exactly what it looked like. Anyway, side, that was a sidebar. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, yeah, the, the makeup advertising game was very strong yeah. in the eighties and nineties in particular. And, and I remember it like, it's like in my, 
you know, my jeans yeah. now. So when were you allowed to start wearing makeup to school and did you ever sneak it or push the limits or try to get away with something? So that's, go first. that's interesting because my parents were not very strict in this regard and I wasn't very, I was never um, pushing the limits in terms of trying to look or act a lot older. I looked very young for my age and I think I just mostly, I dressed on, on par with my age, not super younger, but not way older. So if I had maybe been more experimental, maybe they would have put some guidelines in place, but they really didn't. So I don't actually remember not being allowed to wear it to school. I think there might have been a school rule against makeup in elementary school, which for us went through sixth grade. And I vaguely remember maybe some girls like they tried to wear lipstick or mascara to school. And it was more of a school rule, which probably was good. That kind of like took it off of the parents, you know, having to enforce that. But by seventh grade, I went to a very big junior high. Um, there was a, this is like 1992. There was a lot of makeup going on in seventh and eighth grade, like all around me. I saw just a lot of makeup, a lot of girls wearing a lot of makeup. And I, I think that is when I started wearing makeup regularly to school. But for me, it was mostly mascara, maybe a little eyeshadow. Um, I do have one memory of my seventh grade friend telling me I was putting on too much mascara, which is so funny because I still prefer to have a lot of mascara on and kind of like she was trying to do it without hurting my feelings and like be really tactful about it. And I still was sort of mortified. Um, So yeah, (laughs) what I was wearing to school every day in seventh grade would have been still pretty minimal in comparison to, you know, some, some girls at the school. But I, I think that is when I started wearing it. So like you, I don't really remember when I was allowed to start. I also was always very young for my age, acted young, looked young. And I just don't think Like I definitely was not one who tried to get ahead of myself in that way. So I think my mom kind of left it up to me, although she did have like she would tell me if my makeup was like too dark or whatever. Um, But I do remember it was very dark in the morning when I was getting ready before junior high. So I would have started in like seventh grade. And a few times I went to the bathroom right before leaving for school and put on like really bright lipstick or terrible eye makeup. And then did you ever learn that lesson that like, once you start trying to fix a bad makeup job, it just oh, yeah. gets worse. Yes. And then you have to just take it off and start over. But sometimes you don't figure that out right away. And I missed the bus that way a couple of times. So I definitely think there were times I, I rushed out the door with makeup that my mom wouldn't have approved <laughs> if she'd really seen me like in the full light. Um, but I also kind of learned the lesson, right? Like I learned it wasn't really worth the effort to go that all in. Um, and that sentiment has lasted the ensuing three yeah. decades. I still am not heavy makeup wearer. And I know that my mom noticed a couple times when I came home after having like a really bad makeup job. And later she told me she purposely didn't say anything because the punishment had already happened. <laughs> like I'd already punished myself with such a bad makeup job. But Sarah, I also had a friend tell me I was wearing too much makeup. And this was a younger friend. She was still in elementary school when I was in um, seventh grade. And I remember feeling so stupid. She She made a comment like, another friend had pointed out that I was suddenly wearing really bright lipstick all the time. Oh. And I remember the sort of um, implication being that I was trying to act older yeah. and like, you know, and I remember just being mortified by that. That's so, so funny. I wonder how many of us have a, have some kind of story about our friends helpfully or not so helpfully yeah. telling us we should tone down the tone makeup. It down. Uh, tone it tone down. It down. Especially lady. I think both of us looked, you know, nine when we were. Well, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, 
Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, so Sarah, we kind of hinted at this uh, a little bit in the beginning here, but I'm I'm wondering if there was any products or trends or applications you look back on now from your youth and just cringe. And this doesn't have to be ones that you did yourself, just when you think back. Um, I'll go first. I mean- most of them are awful out of context, right? <laughs> like if you're not in that time, all the sort of trends and the way those trends are expressed through whatever marketing means that you're getting them are usually terrible. So two that come to mind were the super frosty eyeshadows of the mid late eighties. Like that was, you know, that's obvious. And that's where I got my start. Yeah. But the other would be that really matte look in the nineties where like everything was just flat and neutral. Mm-hmm. And then your lips were like that maroon or raisin or brown. And then later in the nineties, like the over tweezed eyebrows and the lip liner, that was a totally different color than Uh the center of your lips. I definitely dabbled in those looks except for the eyebrows. I didn't really ever tweeze my eyebrows. I don't have much to lose there. Um, but I am very glad to say that when I look back at photos now, it doesn't look like I ever went super all in on those trends. At least it, they didn't, that didn't get represented in like my school pictures or anything like that. Right. Um, It's funny you mentioned those 90s looks because we're watching Friends right now with Allegra and we're kind of watching it pretty much all the way through, um, which, you know, of course, I've seen Friends a million times, but watching it all the way through, especially in the first, I think I think it started in 94. So 94, 95, 96, like in those years. 
Um, and just seeing, oh my gosh, the makeup and hair. Um, because yeah, exactly what you're saying. The, the raisin and maroon lips and, um, the very powdered face. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. All of that. Well, I was <laughs> kind of the same in that I think whatever, whatever trends I was noticing in the magazines and kind of aware of around me, whatever I put on my face was probably a little bit of a toned down. So I, I'm the same. When I look back at pictures, I see it. I see the influence of the time, but not super extreme. Um, I do remember that there was a lot of shimmer and sparkle yes. later. Now you've talked about the mid nineties, but I'm thinking of like 99, 2000, maybe, or maybe even the early aughts, but I just, re- I think it went a little later than okay. that. I yeah. think, I think, cause I, I remember that look when I was like in my mid twenties, right? And like early to mid, yeah. And you were like having babies by this point, but I was yes. in college, and I remember this silver, this tiny little silver um, compact. You'd unscrew the top, and it was loose inside, yep. loose, very mm-hmm. fine silver glitter. And I'm laughing because now there's all this highlighting and contouring, right? And there's definitely shimmer that that people use now in different ways, but this was like. I don't even know where I put it. I put it on my eyelids. I think I put it like in my cleavage sometimes. Like yes, it was put just on your shoulders. Dust. Yeah. Yes. It was like yes. fairy dust. So that makes me feel slightly cringy that I was just like fairy dusting myself all over. Um, yes to the over tweezed eyebrows. Um, and then over powdered face for me. Like, I don't know if I wasn't good at matching my skin tone to a face powder, or I think what I thought is if I just put a bunch of very light, matte powder on my face, it will cover up my acne, which is really a terrible, that's like, that's not how concealing works. Like That's not how <laughs> right. color management works. So some of my pictures, especially if there's a flash on the camera, I just look like a ghost. And I think I just didn't know how to apply powder or I was going a shade too light, or I was using powder in a way that I should have been using almost like foundation or concealer. So yeah. that's a little, that's a little cringy. And the only other trend that came to mind is I loved blue mascara in the, mm, again, early two thousands, probably almost like rave rave culture, like some of those bright colors. Um, and I don't know that even it was on trend for anyone else. I just really liked it. And I still kind of like the idea of it. I would probably wear blue mascara if I had some just to mix it up. So blue mascara is one of those things that what I think it was more of an eighties thing, but it comes back, like it comes back like every 10 years or so. So I do, I don't know if it's out there now, but I've, noticed it kind of cycle. Um, and you have light, yeah. And you have light eyelashes and my eyelashes are really blonde at the very tips. So when you, when you have lighter eyelashes, then those colored mascaras can show up and I just think they're fun. They look cool. I like them too. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've spent a lot of time wearing them, but like, I do like that look and I'm just laughing because the, the shimmer look did like the whole, like putting it all over your face thing (laughs) did start to fade. But as late as I'm going to say, like as late as the late aughts, I was still buying shimmery lotions. Uh, uh-huh. um, I remember getting a, at a, at a, maybe a blog conference I went to in probably 2007 or eight, like getting a compact in my bag that was just glitter. Like it was just like body powder mm-hmm. with glitter in it. So that didn't go away. I don't know. Maybe people are still doing that. I don't think so, but uh, yeah, that was yeah. definitely a thing. <laughs> Like glittery with a tiny backpack and all that. It's probably all back. <laughs> well, let's skip forward um, to later high school, early young adulthood. So you finally figured out how to use makeup properly, um, but you're, you know, like you're finally like a legit grown up person. What was your routine and how has it changed over the years to what it is now? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think it always started with eye makeup for me. And I think that was the most fun for me to play around with. So what started with just wearing a little bit of mascara kind of evolved into I liked eyeshadow. It was usually neutrals. It wasn't crazy eyeshadow, but I liked eyeshadow and mascara. And if I wasn't going anywhere, I, I would have some makeup free days. But I would say most days I wore a little bit of eye makeup. I didn't get into lips for a long time. Um, and we can talk about that as we get, you know, as we get older. I think lips look really make a big difference now. But I was often yes. like chapstick on my lips, eyeshadow and mascara on my eyes. You know, with dance, I spent many hours every day in front of mirrors. And there's there's all kinds of things that that does to you. But one of them is your eyes just look more awake if you have a little bit of eye makeup on. And I yeah, look very different right. with mascara and without mascara. So that was kind of my staple. Um, and then if I was going out or, you know, somewhere at night, I just probably put a little more eyeshadow on. I didn't start wearing blush or really doing anything to my face until college. And I remember that felt kind of grown up. And then I kind of added blush into, into the mix from there and, and daily, you know, in the day, not just at night too. Um, powder sometimes, but usually not unless, like I said, unless I was trying to cover up pimples or something or going out at night. Um, and then just a few years ago, I really got more into the like tinted moisturizers and BB creams because before then foundation for me had been really more for like stage makeup. I didn't, I didn't put foundation on my face unless I was performing for, you know, all the way through my twenties probably. And then, um, the like discovering tinted moisturizers and that you can have something a little lighter, but that still like evens out the tone. That was like a discovery in my thirties, I would say. Um, so there's, it hasn't been like one big change, but I, there've definitely been like things that have dropped off over the years or things that I've added in. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I was such an eyeshadow girl for so, so long. And now if I do anything, I, I tend more toward eyeliners than eyeshadows. Now it feels mm, faster to me. Um, it just feels faster and it has the effect that I'm going for, I guess. So, yeah. Huh. Well, my, I would say my routine hasn't changed a ton. Um, in high school, I did u- I did use more foundation in high school than I kind of graduated into. And I remember my stepmom, and it's funny to think about that now because it probably wasn't even the right color for me, but she had this foundation I really, really loved. And it was in, I, it had to have been Revlon because it was in a red tub. Oh yeah. Um, and that's kind of their signature thing. And it was like whipped. Like I just remember it went on mm. like this light, like whippy feeling, um, like whipped cream or something. And more like a whipped cream cheese, but it was like nice and light and I really liked it. And then I could never find it again. So I just stopped using it. I never really liked liquid foundation. I never thought it looked right on my skin. It would kind of flatten out my freckles, which I always thought was a little weird. And as a pale person with freckles and ruddiness in my skin, it's really hard to find a foundation that works. Like it, yeah, you're not really going for like a one, you don't want a monochromatic look. Um, So I really didn't use foundation at all for probably two decades, like at all, ever. I never bought it. I never had it. Uh, I would just use powder. Um, And that really worked. I do have melasma now. Like, so I have some sunspots on my cheeks and sometimes I'll use concealer on that. And I am getting into more like light foundations, tinted moisturizers, BB creams, things like that. I've kind of played with those over the last few years, but I would still say most days I do not have a proper foundation on my face. Um, a lot of companies now make primers, which I like. Like I always, sometimes I'll use those without makeup. You're supposed to use those under your makeup. Sometimes I just use the primer and then put powder over it. It just kind of evens everything out. But like there is many, many, many days that I have nothing on yeah. my face besides powder. Um, blush is interesting because because of the readiness of my cheeks, like 
sometimes I, especially the older I get, I've talked about the life draining out of your face yeah. before and cheeks and lips are where it goes first. So sometimes I can notice a really big difference if I just use a touch of blush, but then if you use too much, it looks so, like so weird. And I really like like a liquidy blush, but those are hard to find in the right color. So like right now I'm not really using blush unless I feel really like I look really tired, but I really hate it when you can see the powder, like where you can yeah. see where it went on. Um, I think I'm going to have a with... product recommendation for you, but I'm going to save oh. it for the second half of the show. Okay. Well, and there's also those bronzers that like come in the little, the powder ones have never worked for me, but sometimes the ones that are liquidy, like mm-hmm. I can use just a tiny little bit and I don't use it to make my whole face look brown. I, I use it to like highlight my cheekbones, mm-hmm. but it just, it's like a fun thing to play with. It's not something I do all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would say every single day, my usual routine is powder for sure. Shape my eyebrows with a, with a brush. Sometimes a light eyeshadow because now I have this weird like freckle or age spot or something on my eyelid that I'm a little self-conscious about. So even if I don't use eyeshadow, I will put powder on it. Um, And then eyeliner on really special occasions. And I do it where like I lift up the top lid and go under the top lid. Oh, that makes me like, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. It looks amazing. Yeah. So it takes a steady hand (laughs) and a little more precision. Um. But when you do it, it just opens up. Yeah, your eyes I, I've like done it before, crazy. too. I just haven't in years. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. I just don't, I don't do it very often, but every now and then. And then um, especially because I have contacts and then like I will find by the end of the night, my contacts are looking like getting like little chunks of eyeliner in them. It's very strange. And I often use like a light lip gloss when I'm going out very occasionally a bright lipstick. So my 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 going out routine is a little bit like more than my um, everyday routine, but neither one of them are really all that. Yeah. I don't know all that crazy. And, and I think because I started having kids in the late nineties, I lost track of makeup trends. So I never really like, I've changed it up a little tiny bit colors and things, but my routine has not changed very much over the last 22 plus years. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is a fun one and I'll go first on this one. Um, the question is, do you remember discovering a technique or a product that just blew your mind? And two that I can think of, um, when I was about 17, I discovered the face changing magic of shaping your brows. Mm. So I don't have a lot of eyebrows. They're blonde. I don't have to, I've never plucked my eyebrows or waxed or anything in my lives. And I rarely fill them in or augment them at all. But I think I just picked up I think I was, I remember sitting at my stepmom's vanity and she had these, she had like a lot of different makeup brushes and I picked up the eyebrow one and I'd always been like, what is this thing for? And I just decided to play with my eyebrows and I brushed them into an arch and I was like, what? Like it made <laughs> such a difference. It made my eyes look bigger. It made like everything look more symmetrical. And so I, that is something I do every single day. Even if I don't have one of those with me, I will use my pinkies. Like I will like really hard push my eyebrows up and out. Um, and you know, now the wider eyebrows are in. So I find myself kind of going a little more flat and Mm -hmm. making them look a little more like that. It makes a huge difference. And then the second thing in my early twenties, I discovered something called prescriptives, magic liquid powder. So it was a loose powder, but it like went on wet. Um, it almost like, you know, that stuff that you can make with like baking soda. I can't think of the name of it, but you make it for your kids. Oobleck. Yes. It felt like oobleck. Yes. That's the only way I could describe it. It looks dry, but it felt wet. Uh-huh. And it had the effect of mineral makeup or like a CC cream before those were very widely available. Um, and this was my first foray into a more expensive department store brand. And I loved how it made my skin look. And I used it religiously for years and I, I really couldn't afford it. And um, I actually wonder what it would look like 
like I mean now, and I'm thinking probably not as good. And we'll get more into stuff that we've ditched later. But there's something to that shiny, shimmery, minerally look that mm-hmm. I think looks great on 20 and early 30 year old skin. And then worse and worse. So was as the you purpose, go on. <laughs> was the purpose of this one to even out? Was it shimmer? What was the overall? It was to even out, but it had like that. It had that reflective look. Okay. Like not not exactly. It wasn't sparkly. It was shimmery like a mineral makeup is where uh-huh. it evens everything. It almost makes you look like you're wearing a filter uh-huh. okay. on your face. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was, and that was, you know, the early 2000s. So that was like kind of early on yeah. that trend. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. You? Well, so one thing that keeps coming up is learning to do stage makeup, which I found so fun. It was like being in an art class and I had the a few different times through dance, um, we would do like, um, like a makeup day, like a makeup workshop. And I know dance studios do this now too, but, um, they would teach us how to do stage makeup. And if I ever went to like a dance camp or summer intensive, there would always be some kind of like actual makeup class that I always found super fascinating. And so in those, you were learning a lot of the same techniques that, you know, you use like things about, I just remember like darker eyeshadow in the crease but then lighter below the brow and then darken Mm -hmm. your brows. And this kind of like the not science is the wrong word, but the way that light works with makeup. And so that was always really fun and interesting to me. And so I guess the discovery there was that like once I understood those things, I found it fun to try to like then apply those same, you know, techniques to everyday makeup. So a lot of um, a lot of dark brown eyeshadow in the crease with something lighter at the base and then a darker liner and like feeling very strategic about how those colors were, were layered. Right. Um, a product that I just remember being blown away by was the Clinique black honey. It's called almost lipstick. It's kind of like between a gloss and a lipstick. And the funny thing is it's still available and everyone was wearing it. It was not, I felt like I had found like my signature color and it felt very grown up and it was Clinique. So it was a little bit more expensive. And now it's like, it was the color of, I don't know whether this is 93, 94, maybe somewhere in there. Um, and so I do remember just feeling like that was like my lipstick. So that one comes to mind. Um, I think I mentioned that one a long time ago in a more than mom episode. And I think you did too. People yes. came out of the woodwork, um, to talk about black honey and it is still available. I don't know if it's formulated exactly the same, but you can find it on Clinique's website. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love those blasts from the past colors. And part of me has always wanted to go back and find um, or wonder if they still make vamp. Mm-hmm. It was so big in the 90s that like dark raisin. It was almost black, mm-hmm. but it was like a dark, dark, dark maroon burgundy. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just uh, nail polish. I don't think that was a lipstick, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. So remember hard candy. So, now we're getting into nail yes, polish. hard candy. Yes. And I remember also in college, uh, Jenna and I would mix our own nail polishes. We would just buy all the oh, colors yeah, we could find yeah. and then we'd buy white and black and then we would mix and like have our own little palettes. That was fun. That's amazing. Uh, I remember having all that time on your hands mm-hmm. to just play <laughs> with nail Color. polish. Good time. Good times. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? 
Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so we're going to dig into products and techniques. Um, So Sarah, I am curious, are you still using any of the same, and I mean like same brand, same formula, uh, stuff that you used as a high schooler or a young 20-something? I don't, okay, for high school, I don't think so. Um, I do think I'm using a couple things that I discovered when I was maybe 24 or 25. Like, but to me, that feels like adult life. I got married at 25 and it doesn't feel quite like the same as those, those olden days we were talking about. So I think I've evolved out of most of the original products. Um, but like I said, there's several that have been in the rotation for 10 or 15 years in my adult life. Um, there's the L'Oreal pressed powder that I think you and I both have. I always end up with yours and it's too pale for me. Um, I don't wear it. That's the the round, the round one, like in the little gray or so Mm -hmm. like with the, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that one, if I wear a powder, that one's been in the rotation forever. I used Maybelline lash discovery mascara. It's a skinny silver tube for, um, from college. So from college Mm -hmm. until like five years ago. And so that one stayed with me forever and I swore by it. But I, I switched. I Now I like L'Oreal Voluminous. Those are both drugstore brands. I actually tried a quite expensive non-drugstore brand mascara recently, and I went back to L'Oreal. So wow. I was like, okay. I, I was like, there's got to be something here that I'm like not getting by, you know, right. not using this very famous brand. And no, I went back to L'Oreal. Um, and so, yeah, there's not a lot left over from those days. About a year ago, I went into Sephora with Allegra and we actually bought a bunch of the Nude Sticks brand. Are you familiar with that brand? No. It's all, none mm-hmm. of it is liquid. 
So they they market it as it's really it travels really well because it's not liquid or powder. So it doesn't spill. It doesn't count against your liquid, you know, three ounces on an airplane. Right. And the powders don't get all smushed up. So almost all the products are the the they apply like a stick or a pencil or a crayon. So they're all that kind of what would you call that consistency? Like a soft, you know, um, a soft solid. like a cream, mm-hmm. like a soft yes. solid yeah. that rolls on or, you know, paints on. So. The, that's very different than what I was using in high school and early 20s. So I think I have mostly evolved, but gradually. Okay. So for me, um, I had forgotten that that round um, powder with the clear top is L'Oreal. So I switch back and forth between pressed powder. It's always a drugstore brand. I switch between CoverGirl, which is the, um, it's like the flatter compact. It used to be brown. I don't know if it still is or not. It's like it still smells like it did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one that's like something fit. I think that's Maybelline. It's in a square container. And I have also used the L'Oreal. The problem that I have with pressed powder, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about maybe changing up some of these routines, is that I find that they often, the containers break, mm-hmm. um, especially those clear plastic lids. Yeah. Or the powder inside breaks. And I don't know if that's a like a drugstore brand thing or if it's just because I'm hard on stuff. Like I drop my purse on the ground or whatever yeah. and stuff is breaking. So I don't know. Um, I used Maybelline Great Lash for years and years. I also use the Lash Discovery that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And again, I've never been super brand or formula um, loyal for very long with mascaras. But I do really like our shared L'Oreal Voluminous. Mm-hmm. I've stuck with that for a few years now. Um, and then I guess like everything else, I've been so sort of brand agnostic. It's hard to even say, like I was never so loyal to enough things for long enough that I could look back at, you know, when I was 25 and say, oh yeah, I'm still using that thing. But the funny thing is I probably still am. It's just that I'm rotating and cycling through different, like I probably bought back and forth between L'Oreal, Revlon, Maybelline and CoverGirl and I just keep skipping around. Yeah. And so eventually I do cycle back to the same stuff. Yeah. And my exposure to higher end cosmetics has usually been like event based. So like I go to, for some reason, I end up at a makeup, like a makeover thing at a mm-hmm. conference or something. And I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll buy it. Or I get something in a fat fit fun box or something. And I'm like, oh, I like this. So that's happened a few times. And, and every now and then I'll think, wow, I really want to add this into the rotation. I'm just not really in a good routine with going into like Sephora or Ulta to do that kind of shopping. So it kind of just doesn't. No, I feel the same way. And the fact that I did that about a year ago was probably the first time in 20 years that I had ever talked to a (laughs) professional about makeup products. So if I only do that every 20 years, then it's going to be a pretty slow evolution. And like you said, kind of, you know, volleying back and forth between a few trusted brands that are available everywhere. And um, I know we're not talking about skincare today. We're talking about makeup, but I, it's very different the way my skincare has evolved versus my makeup and maybe makeup is next, but I definitely feel like I think about face and skincare products differently in the last five years than I did, you know, previous to that, but makeup is kind of the same. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. My skincare has definitely been elevated and my approach to it and makeup is still like the thing that I feel like if I put it on healthy skin, it, I don't really need a lot of it. So I don't really care that much what it is, which maybe I'll change my mind on that because yeah. I'm sure there are products that could make a big difference. And the other thing that I was thinking about when we were talking about, you know, trying new brands and things is I am in CVS or Walgreens all the time. I don't go in malls anymore. Right. When I was in my late 
20s and early 30s, I think I was just spending more time like at the mall. Mm-hmm. And then you're exposed to those department store brands, which isn't the same. Or like a Sephora, you know, you wander yeah. into Sephora. I don't do that. Like even pre-COVID, I don't remember the yeah. last time I just well, wandered around a mall. So like, I'm just not exposed in the same way. Yeah. And it might just be a, a personal interest thing too, because I have lived in places where, you know, retail is everywhere and I have every possible mall and store available to me. And I still think it never occurs to me or I'm just not interested in walking into a Sephora very often. I'd rather walk into a clothing store usually. So I don't know. Uh, I, Having been had plenty of access to malls over the last 10, 15 years, I can't say that I've shown any more interest in browsing makeup. So it might just be my personality or something. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes you go in and out of phases of that. Like I, I used to do, I used to really be into that. And, and in fact, um, when I used to have a target and a good target, there were like, remember, you know how a target, cause you still have mm-hmm. one, um, there's like the regular light, the the place where you could get the same stuff you get at CVS. And then there's like the more elevated lines yes. mm-hmm. and they have like their own. I do think that it's kind of fun to wander down there and look. It's just that I don't really know what I'm looking at yeah. and I don't know the brands well enough. So yeah, maybe eventually I'll decide to shake things up and have fun with it again. But I, I think when it stopped being fun for me to take my kids to the store is when I stopped shopping for sport Yeah, and I just never really got back into yeah. it. So not that that's a bad thing. Um, okay. So are there any products and I'm, I'm thinking more like formulations and types of products mm-hmm. that we just don't think that have stood, like stood the test of time for us, um, that we've let go of and you go first on this one. Okay. Um, well, I kind of mentioned that eyeshadow was such a, a part of my makeup routine. I mean, getting a new palette and combining colors and a lot of it was neutrals. Cause we're talking about the nineties yeah. and early two thousands, but I still, I cared a lot about those eyeshadow palettes and it's just sort of drifted off. Um, for whatever reason that I just don't, I I'll put eyeshadow on for fun sometimes, but it's not a staple for me anymore. Um, traditional lipsticks in a tube have kind of gone by the wayside too. I mean, I always had one or two colors that I liked, even if I didn't wear them all the time, you know, I, I had them and I liked them. Um, but now I just really prefer glosses or some kind of like more like a crayon pencil type of thing that mm. goes on like a lipstick, but it's not in the traditional tube. So maybe that's just the delivery method. It feels like it has changed. Even that fun um, lip palette we got in FabFitFun a few years ago was like the kind you paint on. And that yeah. was fun. So I feel like tubes of lipstick don't feel like they're a thing in my life anymore. But yeah. Well, what's funny about that is I was looking for a tube of lip gloss uh, just the other day and couldn't find one. And I remember they used to be everywhere. Like oh, you could yeah. buy like a really light color, right. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of shine. And that's kind of what I like. And especially in the summer on my lips, could not find a single one that comes in a tube. All I could find was the kind that screws out with a little one. And I don't like those as much. I feel like they go on goopier and I don't like the, um, like it feels like more of a to do yeah. to put them on. Whereas the other one kind of just goes on like a chapstick. So I ended up buying a couple tinted lip balms because I could not find And there was one that was around forever and I couldn't find it. My problem with the kind you're talking about that comes out in the tube is I always squeeze out like it feels like too much comes out because you're talking about the kind. Oh, no, no. I don't mean that kind. I don't mean I don't mean like the squeezable tube. I mean like you like the screw. You screw it up like it comes. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a lipstick, but it's in the shape like a lip gloss. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Got it. Okay. I agree with those. Um, I like the look of them a lot. They're Mm -hmm. very they tend to be kind of sticky and they so, which is like, uh, kind of a sensory weird thing, mm-hmm. but I like the way they look. I just, I never buy those either. Cause same thing. I'll 
goop it yeah. and a bunch comes out. Yeah, that's what I thought you were makes talking about. It a mess in my yeah. purse. They kind of melt sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I it's just really weird. There was one brand in particular that I know I used for years and I really liked it. And it was in this like clear, it had a clear top and it was kind of on the longer side, kind of a fat tube. And I thought it was Revlon or L'Oreal, but, or maybe, well, who knows, CoverGirl maybe, but I wandered up and down the aisles and could not find it. So yeah, maybe it's just not on trend right now. Maybe. Um, so for things that I don't use anymore that I've kind of kicked to the curb, um, that would be anything with too much shimmer and shine in no it. No fairy dust. And yeah, no fairy dust. Uh, that includes, you know, any kind of frosty eyeshadow, which is still around. Um, any creams or powders that have too much of that reflective mm-hmm. minerally look. I just noticed in my late thirties and I know there are people, I mean, they recommend mineral makeup for anti-aging, but I, I found that I didn't like, it didn't make my, it wasn't a net win. It was a net loss because <laughs> while it might even out my tone, like on my cheeks, um, around other parts, it would settle into lines and creases. And I felt like it was highlighting stuff I didn't want to highlight. So that could be a technique issue, or maybe I just don't want to spend enough time with makeup to make it work. Um, I'll still use sometimes like a highlighter on my, on my cheekbones, which are still youthful looking, but I really limit it. I don't go anywhere outside of that. And I just, I, I find that frost is not my friend. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, you have such, I mean, you have really beautiful skin and you look way younger than you are. So there's no, I would agree that you probably aren't, you're not, benefiting from adding sparkle and shine. Let your, and I'm not let your inner beauty cover. shine through. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not trying to cover up anything either. Right. That's the other thing. Like I might use a tad of concealer every now and then, but like really, I'm really just trying to highlight the areas I want to highlight. So that just kind of was overkill. It's like highlighting everything, you know, it's like too much face going on. Yeah. Um, okay. So along those lines, any products you've added over the years, or you're thinking about adding, and, and I'll answer this one first. Okay. Um, I mentioned earlier a primer or a base that I use that often, sometimes by itself, sometimes in addition to a tinted moisturizer. Um, but like in the summer, especially I, j- because of the freckle situation, I'm often just spot like spotting if mm-hmm. I need it you know, cause I have a little redness or like, because my cheeks are getting really weird and mel- melasma-y. Um, I'm sure I said that correctly, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm not using it all over my face. Also, I find it annoying to switch back and forth between colors. So I know what I like in my palest winter days, I know exactly what color of a tinted moisturizer or a foundation to buy mm-hmm. in the summer. I never really know. And yeah. it's not summer long enough for me to worry about it. So I just don't really wear it in the summer. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then the other thing is that I'm considering adding a brow gel. Because, you know, we've talked about the eyebrow mm-hmm. game that is in is those chunky sculpted brows. And I do think that a more structured eyebrow gives my face like a little more balance and mm-hmm. makes my eyes pop. But I need help to get that look. And for me, brow pencil almost always looks way too drastic unless it's stage makeup. I'm, I just I feel like I'm yeah. in character yeah. when I use a brow pencil because my eyebrows are so blonde naturally. So um, I think a gel might be like the good in between. So does a gel. You? So, OK. I have a question about that though. The gels you're talking about just set your brows, right? There's no color or is there, is there a color element? No, you can buy tinted, you can buy tinted brow gels. So I don't think I'm telling me about one the other day and I've never tried it, but. Well, there are other um, fair maidens like you. So there's gotta be, (laughs) there's gotta be. There are, there are. A solution. There's one called boy brow that I've heard is that people like. Okay. I don't know why it's called that, but 
Okay. My knowledge of a brow gel was like clear so to kind of keep them in place once you've combed right. them. So that leads perfectly into something I have added and kind of continue to play around with is definitely brows. I never used brow pencil or any, I didn't really, I did pluck my brows, just the strays and I would shape them that way, but I didn't add any color or pencil except on stage. Um, until that Sephora trip and this discovery of this um, nude sticks STIX brand. Um, and she did the girl in the store did my brows and one half is a pencil. It's kind of a slanted um, pencil and the other half has a clear gel. So you can kind of do both. Um, and I think it for me, it was more learning a little bit of technique so that not to overdo it. And it just like you said, it just adds a lot to your face. And now if if I want a finished look, I do my brows, which I never had done that. So that's new in the last year or so. I'm not doing like in pandemic times. I'm not doing my brows every day. But if I were going somewhere and if I had if I had color on my lips, I would have to have my brows done. There's something about that balance of like just having that finished look. And I really like it. So that was definitely new to me. Um, And then the same brand nude sticks. Um, when she did my face, she did a blush on basically like, you know, the apples of my cheeks, like the, the cute mm-hmm. round parts when you smile, but then in my cheekbones, she did more contouring with a kind of, um, I think it's all from the same line. You could just get it in different colors. So the, the blush part is a pinker kind of a rosier pink. And then the contouring one is more of like a bronzer and that was all uh, bronzer might even be the wrong word. Um, but like, it's more of like a dark tan. Um, yeah. so doing that kind of little bit of contouring was also brand new to me. And before COVID, like when I was out in the world more, I was doing those on a pretty regular basis. Um, and they, they roll up like, like a chapstick, but, but fat, does that make sense? Like, so they're, yeah. um, and you can use your fingers or you can use, I got this very, um, firm brush where you actually can brush right onto the stick and then apply it with a brush, but it's not a powder. It's, it's more of this stick. Um, so yeah, I'll link all of those up. And I do think you might like that blush, Megan, because it kind of ticks the boxes you were talking about. You can't see where it went on with a brush. It's um, you could go as light. You could just dab one finger and just use it really, really lightly if you wanted. Um, yes. And and their stuff is good for you, too. It's got it's good ingredients. And so I've been happy. But again, that was my once in two decades foray into right. Sephora. So it's not like I'm comparing that brand to 20 others like a beauty blogger right. would. It's just the one yes. that I've tried. I like that. And I will say like in general, I have found the older I get, the more cream and liquid based products are almost always better on my skin um, than something powdery. I think yeah. it just, it makes sense. Like yeah. you get dry patches and lines and powder just doesn't settle yeah. quite as nicely. Um, so yeah, that's great. Okay. So are there any new techniques that you've thought about trying, but aren't sure about, or maybe techniques you've tried and you were happy with the results? Well, yeah, the, um, the kind of contouring, highlighting and doing something other than just blush has been new to me. Like I was just mentioning, um, and I feel like it's still an evolving, (laughs) an evolving skill set. Um, I think when it's overdone, like the kind of you know, youthful influencer, like makeup artist look, it's so extreme. And I think that's what makes it hard to translate that to like a 40 year old mom. But at the same time, when it's done well, like I see why people use, you know, highlighter and bronzer and like 
you know, do that whole contouring thing. So I would say I'm like mid discovery process with that. So that's funny because I think that's what I'm talking about. What I had written (laughs) down was the ultra blended highlighted YouTube tutorial look. And I think it's amazing what I've watched some of those like sped up videos Uh where you see someone put her face on and it's amazing. I'm fascinated by how all you young ladies do your makeup, but I'm also like in the end, sometimes the person putting the makeup on ends up looking like a porcelain doll sort of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that would have looked really beautiful on my like 28 year old skin, but I feel like it would look odd now. And maybe that's just because I'm not a big makeup person. I don't cover my freckles. I don't come. There's like things I just don't do to my skin. And I feel like if I suddenly walked out of the bathroom looking like I just put my face on, I would feel like alien to myself. It wouldn't be you. curious about it. I'm fascinated by it. I just don't know that it would be me. Um, so it's like one of those things I kind of watch from afar. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that yeah. having my makeup done that time a year or so ago, what it just gave me the little bit of confidence to start playing around with it. And I definitely don't do it to the extent that I don't feel like myself. Um, so that, that was helpful. And I also think it's not just a 28 year old versus a 42 year old. It's also what looks good on camera in a two dimensional Mm. square and what looks good in person. Because I do think that there is like an Instagram look that looks really good in a photograph. But then when you see people who are made up that way and you're in the, you're fewer than six feet away from them, which someday we will be, um, it can look weird. It's like two different looks. And just like we've been talking about stage makeup, you don't wear stage makeup on the street. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Well, since you mentioned six feet, um, (laughs) that's a perfect segue into my last question, which is pandemic makeup. How has your makeup game changed, evolved for the better, for the worse? Like, what is it looking like? And you can talk about how it looked at the beginning versus now. I I think that's also interesting now that we're all these months in. I think I should talk about that because I remember an episode we did early on. I don't know if it was when we talked about small comforts or things. I don't remember. This has been going on for so long now. And I said, I try to either have my hair look good or at least do a little bit of makeup each day so that it's just not no makeup, no hair, like catching a glimpse of myself in the mirror and looking like I just rolled out of bed. Uh, I have, I think I've abandoned that. I mean, my hair is never, ever done. It's summer. It's hot. My hair is in a top knot every day or it's frizzy. And, um, I put mascara on sometimes and that's pretty much it. Mascara and sunscreen. And many days I don't even wear mascara. And this is, I'm talking about the last month, you know, we've been moving, getting ready to move. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I do put on a little makeup, I feel good. There's it, it's a good pick me up, but I just haven't been doing it. I just have really fallen off and that's okay too. Um, but mascara has been the bare minimum and I'm not even doing that every day. So how about you? Well, it's funny that you should ask for a little while. I mean, I'm just in the habit of slapping powder and mascara on every day. So I don't think that changed in the beginning. Um, then it started to fade. And then it got to the point. I remember telling someone I went to pick up takeout and I was like, I put on mascara for you <laughs> because it was like I had no other. So like if I would go to the grocery store or go, you know, it felt like a, an event yeah. and I would do my hair and all that stuff. Um, but I was just laughing. I think I wrote about this on Facebook last week or two weeks ago, how I used to be the kind of person I don't. I don't get dressed to the nines to go to the grocery store, but I would never like go someplace in workout clothes or with, unless it was like a cute 
athleisure wear mm-hmm. outfit. Like I wouldn't walk into the store in like a tank and, you know, running shorts or something or um, with my hair undone or with no, with no makeup on at all. I would always at least brush my hair and look semi-presentable. And I was saying that the mask has made me feel like so anonymous <laughs> yeah. that I will go to the store dirty. Like I'll be mm-hmm. like gardening and just slap my mask on, go to the store, hair all crazy all over the place. And I feel like no one can see me yeah. or like no one will recognize me. But then I had this conversation with Jenna about this the other day. And she said, I caught, she, she said her checkout, um, her cashier at the store had really pretty eyes over the mask. And then she thought to look at herself when she got in her car to see like, because she realized mm-hmm. how important mm-hmm. your eyes are when you're most of your face is covered. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh, Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I look tired. I got to do something. So that made me think like, Oh my gosh, if I'm going to be wearing my mask, I really got to put something on my eyes because that's all anybody can see. Yeah. And so I do feel like it's different. I sent you a picture the other day, Sarah, and I don't do a lot of video zoom calls, but I did have one planned. And because it's summer, um, I've been in the pool a lot and I often put off like my exercise or whatever until whenever I can get around to it. And I don't want to put makeup on and then, and then have it run all over my face. Cause I'm in the pool. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting mascara on, I wore big earrings and lipstick. I think that worked. I felt like that yeah. made it look, yeah, it made it look like I was put together, even though I was wearing my swimsuit under a kimono and like, it looks kind of like a tank, like a, um, like a camisole under a tank or under a yeah. kimono, but I was definitely like dressed to go to the pool during this call. And that kind of made me laugh because it's, it's just different right now. Summer is always different for me. As yeah. soon as I have a little bit of a tan on my face, I kind of start letting go of feeling like it's just a more casual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I start letting go of feeling like I have to be made up every day, but it's also because it's pandemic times, I don't really have any reason to break that. Yeah. Like I don't have a reason to get up at nine in the morning and put makeup on because I'm going somewhere. Yeah. So it's been a little, it's been kind of all over the place, yeah. I will say. Yeah. And I think we talked yeah. about this in another pandemic related episode, but it's not unusual for me to decide to put mascara on at like two o'clock and be like, well, yeah. I just want to look you got different to it. in the mirror for myself and I'm not going anywhere, but I feel like you know, so it's, we've lost our morning structure. A lot of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's, there's a self-care aspect to it and like a, a little ego boost aspect to it. Um, when you like the way you look in the mirror each day, it doesn't have to come from makeup, but, um, it's one way. So I've definitely, it's one way, one of many, the right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You'll get back on. I will. I will. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And just a reminder that our Facebook community is a great place to continue discussions about fun topics like these with other listeners. It's so much fun to see the conversations that happen in that group. So you can search for the Mom Hour listener community on Facebook or we'll link it up in the show notes as well. And there's a few questions um, when you join. We just want to make sure you're actually a listener of the show. There's plenty of Facebook groups for moms and motherhood chatter. And this, this one's specifically for people who listen to the podcast. So be sure to answer those questions and then we'll approve you right away. Yeah, I can't wait to see what makeup memories and recommendations you all have to share in that group. So yeah, join up and have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. 
Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 